Trails Collective. Welcome to this episode of the Trails Collective live show, where we recap the gnarly Manitou's Revenge Ultra Marathon, which took place last Saturday, June 25th. This 54-mile run takes runners over the toughest terrain in the Northeast, including the Devil's Path and the Catskills. We have winners Kara Davis and Steve Lange, and Irish favorite Aaron Shimmons, to talk directly about their experiences running a 100-mile effort in a 50-mile race. Because that's what it is, a 54-mile run that feels like a 100-miler. <clears throat> After that, we talked to everyone's favorite runner, Cole Crosby, about his first race and win back from the Cocodona 250. Thank God his lips have grown back. And then this week on the show, um, this coming week, I mean, we will have our Western States recap show featuring a smattering of guests you won't want to miss. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and I will see you out there on the trails. All right, Trails Collective World, Ian here. I am coming to you live this week, uh, hopefully in a connection that's actually working uh, at, uh, from Whiteface. Uh, Whiteface Mountain Races are running this weekend, and I just arrived. I'm packing the truck, starting to set up, and I am in a public room, and now that I'm talking, whew, I'm getting a serious echo. So uh, I apologize if my audio will be off tonight, but hopefully my mic uh, grabs it sufficiently. So uh, thanks for tuning in with us. Uh, for those that are uh, catching us live in this episode, uh, feel free to drop some questions or comments as we go into the Trails Collective's Facebook or YouTube streams, uh, which you can find. It's also streaming to my personal Facebook page, uh, as always, but comments and questions will go through the Trails Collective site, so check those out. Uh, this evening, or this episode, we were going to focus on bringing you some voices from Western states. Um, one of the voices, uh, my new friend Arlen Glick uh, from Ohio, who finished third. Uh, his flight had a little bit of shakeup uh, today and was rescheduled to right around the time that we were going to be broadcasting. So uh, we are going to kick back the Western States episode uh, until hopefully next week. And with that, we're hoping to actually make it a bit uh, deeper and bring you a few more voices uh, from uh, that field. Uh, so hang tight and we will bring you the Western States voices plus a few more uh, next week. And uh, let's see, also next week, we'll hope to weave in um, some, uh, some new events, uh, some voices from uh, Charlie Gaddle, who just put on Manitou's. Uh, he's working with uh, Kevin Radar, and they're putting on uh, a few other trail series, so we'll bring you uh, some updates on that. And uh, it's also going to be a busy week. I think next week we'll bring you some of the recap of Whiteface uh, happening this Saturday. I may be able to get a couple voices uh, from uh potentially two of the front studs uh men and women from the mountain marathon uh running in alaska which i know is not in our region but it's another one that's always been on my radar it's just as kind of this epic bucket list uh event uh so hopefully we can chat on that uh, a bit um but for this week uh, we will dig in here in a minute i'll bring you a few voices that ran manitou's uh this past weekend and my schedule's just been too slammed the past few weeks to dig in as I uh, would like to do on uh, letting you know on uh, some of the other not quite as big events that are running in our region. Uh, there are a couple that have run the past uh, couple weeks that I just haven't been able to plug. 
as well as some of the events that are about to sell out or cap out. Just give you the heads up there. Um, but I will get back there once I'm through my big uh, event push here after this weekend. Uh, but uh, we will, uh, I think, start with uh, one of probably what's becoming the most premier of events in our region and with one of the premier RDs who you will all know from media fame, Jimmy Mac. Oh, I'm dying, dude. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, and I don't know, and you, since you're the first one on, I'm assuming, um, since I'm working on a public connection here, that my face isn't frozen and my audio is working. Aaron, I see you on the back end there too. Is my audio okay? Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Jimmy, can you hear me? Yeah, you sound awesome. I'm good. I can't hear you. Oh, no. You got audio? Uh-oh. Crap. Still can't hear you. All right, DeBang. Um, right, thanks for letting me know. I'm good. Jimmy Mack, let's see if we can figure out your audio there. All right, we good? You got me? No? Um, all right, it's muted now. Can you try unmuting it there? All right, my first time. Unmuted. Good, you got me. Oh, you can hear Jimmy. All right, so maybe it's just me. I can't hear oh, my okay. audio. Uh, let's see. Let's try. Let's try ditching that. It's gonna make a tough interview. Let's see what happens. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, go ahead and no. Ah, crap! It's me. Uh, oh, geez. Aaron can hear us both. Um. If I, if I go apologize back in, all. I don't know why I can't hear a thing. Um, hang with me as I try to figure this out. Uh, Aaron, you still got me. I'm good. Geez, two weeks in a row of uh, tech glitches while I'm on the road here. Uh, let's see. Hello, 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 you hello. good? Jimmy, are you still talking to me? Yeah, Ian, you good? You up in Lake Placid? Jeez, this is not uh, two weeks in a row. I'm killing you guys out there. <laughs> but I promise I'll be back to uh, normal here pretty soon. Um, let's see, why can't I hear a thing? Let's try to go to... Uh, still anything out there? Try it. Uh, anything now? You got me? Talk to me, your lovely svelte voice, Jimmy. He Just say hello. something. Hello, anything. hello, 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 hello. <laughs> I still can't hear a thing. This is frustrating. We're Thank live. You guys all bearing with me. Thanks for your patience in advance. I am trying. Uh, but uh, Chip Howard, the question is, do we want to hear Jimmy? I, kid, I love Jimmy Mac. I do. I would love to hear his svelte voice. This evening in my ears. Um, uh, where's where's Chip coming? Right. Is that on? Is that Talk on to me now, Jimmy? You got me. I hear some. I hear some felt music. Ooh, where's music coming from? I hear it. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. You're good. I can hear. I can hear my echo. Oh. Yeah. All right. Well, now how to fix the echo? Um, <laughs> And one we traded one problem for another.
We're good. That? Nothing. Oh, geez. I'm trading one problem for another problem. All right, let's try this again. Uh, all right, talk to me again. What's up? You got me? Oh, gosh. Sweet. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus. Uh, all right. Um, pray. I'm going to pray. Aaron, I should just have you hop on and run the show. I'm just going to act a fool because that's uh, kind of what I do. I'm good at that. <laughs> all right, you still get you still getting an echo though, I imagine, eh? No, you're good. Oh, really? Yeah, you sound awesome now. Oh. You, you can hear me. We're good. Oh, I can. You did you it. it. What did you do? Just us. Yeah. <laughs> I was starting to get a little steamy in here. I thought it was Jimmy Mac more than the stress of figuring out <laughs> the technical difficulties, but somehow we've arrived there. So, where I was going about five minutes ago before the technical delays were to to bring you all. Um, some info on what's shaping up to be one of the most premier events uh, in our region, if not the nation. Uh, Jimmy, why don't you cue us in on the upcoming uh, 7-Eleven Slurpee run? Oh, man, this is uh, your I love that you said this is the pre. So here's the thing. The first thing about it, it's not a race. Anybody who shows up to race this, I will never let them hear the end of it. Uh, and there's I, I heard it on good authority that Cole Crosby's coming up to try to set a new course record. And I was like, Cole, I'm going to actually call the police in Hartford to have to hold him up. To, to slow him down. Um, so it's, uh, I don't know, years ago when I was living in California, I lived uh, within like, there was like three 7-Elevens within like two miles of each other. And I was like, Alan, free Slurpee day. I'm going to do a run between them all. It was probably 2013 or 14. And uh, and then I remember thinking like, oh, that would be cool to string together like a 50K or something like that. I wonder if I could do that. And then lo and behold, I moved to the, back to the East Coast in, in 16, sat on hold for a couple of years. And then in, in 2019, uh, three of us did it. Uh, uh, Lee Stewart Evans, uh, the British guy and, uh, the teenage wonderkin, uh, Tobias Teo. And, um, we, it was hot garbage was basically, we were running behind a garbage truck in East Hartford for like an hour. Um, and it was the humidity, the heat, and then the garbage. I was literally gagging the whole time. And, uh, so the, the, the term hot garbage, that became my, my, my road running name. Uh, we coined, um, Tobias became Stranger Things, um, and uh, it was it was awesome. It was one of the funnest times I've ever had running, and I was like, I want to do this every year. Uh, so, of course, 20 was the pandemic, and then last year, uh, we uh, we chartered a bus um, and uh, brought, uh, I think we had 29 people go out with us, and uh, I think we had 22 finishers, and it's self-reported, so you put your own time in, uh, you know, your your time on uh, Ultra Sign up there, and I think we had 15 people self-report, and uh, it was a blast. We laughed our asses off the entire time and, um, you know, eating Slurpees and, uh, you know, those single serve pickles and sticking our head in the ice cream cases and all that. And, um, you know, all while global plan pandemic was, you know, kind of, uh, you know, we were in the, the midst of, um, and it was, it's just one of the stupidest fun events you could, you could possibly do. And, um, yeah, you basically park your car at the finish. We hop in the charter bus and, uh, take a 40 minute ride out to uh, the town of Vernon in uh, North central Connecticut. And then we run back to Meriden and uh, it's 30, about almost 38 miles. And um, it's, it's like, it's, it's stupid fun. It's just dumb. It's everything I love about ultra running. It's absurd. It's uh, it's uh, unsanctioned. It's unregulated. It's just, it's stupid. It's dumb. It's amazing. It's awesome. So what's the, how many seven 11? And let me, hang on. Let's, let's try this, Aaron, yeah, I'm going to yeah. bring you in for a second because because I want to make sure that 7-Eleven and the appreciation of 7-Eleven is a <laughs> universal international commodity. Are you familiar with 7-Elevens? And have you ever been to one? Uh, yes, yeah, like a corner shop. Like, you yeah. Know, yeah, yeah, kind of. But, and then how about a Slurpee? Have you ever had a Slurpee? 
Yeah, we have Slurpees. We don't. We... It's got, but 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 not necessarily a Seven Eleven Slurpee. No, we don't have Slurpees. I'm sure they have their proprietary chemicals that go into making a Slurpee. I'm not really sure uh, what's in there, but and then um, and then how about the good old uh, convenience store hot dogs? I can't remember. You know, if, if they're universal. I don't think they're in Ireland. No. I mean, and they've just been going around the little little rolly warmy thing for about 12 hours before you eat it. I mean, is that universal? I, yeah, maybe in a cinema or something you might get that. They well, they sell they sell the they sell things just like Greg's sausage rolls. Um, I have I have been over your guys' side of the pond, whatever. So you can get you know things like Greg's sauce, you know the sausage rolls, whatever that are uh, I yeah. guess they're called big bites or whatever. Uh, you know, a breakfast sausage type thingy that's been sitting on a, a roll a hot roller for 16 hours, maybe. Um, yeah. It's, what I didn't see, though, in, in both the UK and in Scotland in my, in my short time there was I was very surprised that kind of once you get out of a metro area, uh, there's not really anything other than like old houses and like farm fields and things. And, and so I, what I was surprised, like there, wasn't a, there wasn't a crappy <laughs> convenience store like on literally every mile uh, in the country. And so I, you know, I, yeah, you got to go to a gas station to uh, get like, you know, uh, like a 7-Eleven type experience in, in the UK and Ireland. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's well, everywhere. Everywhere is, is farm fields. Yeah. That's, All right. So that's how many 7-Elevens did you hit there, Jimmy, on the course? Or we will, hit, will we, entrance we, hit? We hit seven. We hit seven 7-Elevens from uh, Vernon, Manchester, East Hartford, West Hartford, uh, Newington, New Britain. Meriden? Oh, did I add one? Maybe I think I might have added one. Maybe it's okay if you did. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Hey, you know what? We might. You know, maybe we'll make it a forty miler. Who knows? And did you feel that the aid station experience at each one was consistent? Did the hot dog in one taste like the hot dog in another? No. So here's the thing: is a few since they're franchised, a few of them weren't participating. So we actually had to pay at like two of them. We had to pay for our Slurpees, which is so I told people I was like I have mandatory gear a kit list. Mandatory kit list is uh, bring your phone. Uh, and your debit card and your car key. That's that's a mandatory kit list. You don't need trekking poles. You can bring trekking poles. You can bring an emergency blanket. Um, I imagine it's going to be 85 degrees with 80% humidity. Um, and it's it's going to be hot garbage. I can promise it's going to be hot garbage. And how many is there mandatory consumption requirements each 7-Eleven? Can people choose to participate or do you have to have a Slurpee and something else that's really crappy? You don't have to, but then again, you will be merc mercilessly made fun of. Ridiculed. Yeah, yeah, you will be ridiculed harshly. Yeah. Is, yeah. yeah. All right. And so if people want to find out uh, more information or uh, sign themselves up for such a thing, where should they go? Ultra sign up. Uh, it's listed on Ultra Sign Up. It's uh, it's uh, just you put it. Type in the 7-Eleven Free Slurpee Day Ultra 60K. Um, uh, 60K makes it sound better than 37.5 miles or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, sounds, that sounds very Euro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but you know, and you could do a Euro version. Anyone listening uh, on the cross the pond, go link up some Tesco's or or some Sainsbury's or um, or Poundland. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very refined all right that all sounds good and then jimmy any other events uh besides the 7-eleven because you've got uh several with the entity you're working for and putting on that you want to plug i got uh, i got a race this saturday it's still got 10 spots open uh the uh six hour uh ansonia six hour at the ansonia nature center um 
uh, you could do day of registration it's still open on um, ultra sign up, but you could even do a day of if you want to show up with a uh, cash check or Venmo. Uh, that's totally cool. That's uh, Ansonia six hour. Google that uh, Ansonia six hour trail run on ultra sign up. Um, that's a fun one. Super runnable. It's going to be hot garbage. It's going to be hot and wet. So, uh, but come on out and eat some watermelon and uh, party in the USA with us. And then uh, September 18th is the uh, blue to blue challenge. Um, which I think is a, uh, is a gift and a curse being put on your list of uh, hardest uh, Northeast ultras, because I think people saw that on there, that it's like fourth, fourth toughest ultra. And people are like, hell no. So I, yeah. so I sell that as I said, come DNF your first 50 K is how I sell it. You know, well, you're um, getting a reverse effect. That wasn't my intent. And have you No, it's, a, it's, a, it's totally cool because people are like, yo, I heard that's gnarly. I'm like, Oh, you have no idea, dude. But I always try <laughs> to tell people, you know, there's a couple of miles of road. Um, there's also several miles of jagged rocks that want to bite your ankles. Um, but uh, yeah, and then I'm working on a few other things for October and November uh, that I have not quite announced yet that I'm still uh, pending permits and whatnot. So uh, stay tuned for that. But uh, yeah, you can hit me up on uh, liveloudrunning.com, um, see what we got going on and uh, all the Instagrams and Facebooks and, and all that, or text me, get my number somehow and just shoot me a text. That would be awesome. Usually, I think in the seven. If you stop in any Seven Eleven in Connecticut, if you look on the bathroom stall wall, you'll probably find it there. Yeah, uh, he goes under several names, but the number is usually the same. Yeah. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, Jimmy, awesome. Thank you for Dude, Ian, us. thank you. You are the man. You do so much for Northeast running and trail running. You're the best, dude. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Um, and also, I didn't plug it, but culture. Anything you want to plug? Uh, culture while you're here. Anything you got uh, coming up? Looking forward to. Culture, we got an episode, I think, dropping uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, we recorded Tuesday night. We just, as we call it, a jackass episode, no guests. We just, uh, you know, recapped, again, Manitou's and uh, Western States and talked about our friends who were at both of those races. And um, what else did we talk about? Yeah, we just had fun. Me, Art, and Fred. Becky couldn't make it. And, uh, yeah, listen to Culture. Uh, drop a couple dollars in the Patreon pocket, in Art's pocket for Patreon. And uh, we love you all who listen. And I love you all who don't listen. Right on. All right, dude. I will check you later. You rule, dude. Thank you so much. All right, see you, dude. See ya. All right. And bringing into the stream, in addition to Aaron, we got Steven and Care as well. Uh, good to see uh, both of you in addition to Aaron. And I was texting a little bit with uh, Charlie trying to get um, just to see how it went down. And um, there's always some fires that go on the back end that you hope most people don't see. And it sounds like there were a couple with uh, Manitou's, but hopefully that uh, you guys weren't necessarily aware of. And it sounds like you had, well, Aaron, I haven't talked to you, um, but hopefully Stephen and Kara, you had good days. But um, Kara, this was your, was this your fourth or fifth Manitou's? Yeah. I think I, I think I spent all. I can't hear you, guys. you can't hear me. We'll wait. We'll Ian, wait. can you hear me? I, yeah, I can. Hear I can hear you. Um, go ahead, Carol. You, you did. Yeah, I think I spent most of the 54 miles trying to remember if it was four or five. So I kind of think, okay, going back through every race. But yeah, so five. It's, it's helpful when you get in those long grinds of races where your mind just drifts these seemingly innocuous topics that you can just get really, yeah. you make no ground on. You just kind of turn them over in your head and you're like, I don't know. Yes, I'm they're on sure. repeat. It's on repeat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so how many, have there been like seven Manitou's? So you've hit most of them or have you done like all of them? I think there's, that, this was the ninth year. Right. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So there's all a couple right. people out there who have done all, all of them. Yep, I'm back. And so get these headphones in because I can't hear anybody. It's kind of a nice little tone there. In the, uh, yeah. Much probably cleaner than me trying to figure out how to get the, the the context of the episode here is trying to figure out audio issues. Aaron and Kara, I appreciate your expertise in um, dialing right into to audio. Um, Steve, I don't know whether you can hear us. I couldn't hear you there, so I'm not. You can continue to. But can you hear us? Thumbs up if you can hear us. All right. Well, you look really excited, though. I like your <laughs> excitement, and I know that your heart is palpitating right now as you're trying to figure this out. So we'll, um, yeah, it'll be an even more eye opener once you hear things like I did, where it sounds like the sweet little baby, G three pound baby Jesus. When he, all right. So, um, Kara, since you've um, run now four or five, I don't know either, no. Stephen. You keep toying with it until you can hear something. Um, Kara, you've run four or five now. Lay us for those that aren't yet familiar with Manitou's. Um, I don't know. Give us, give us kind of the overview of the forty k view of Manitou. What it's all about. It is all about roots and rocks. A lot of roots and rocks. There's That's a fair. there's a few runnable sections, and some really nice climbs. But and yeah. so for the rocks that are there, I mean, it's a little bit different than like the rocks in Rocksylvania or wherever. Some of them tend to be re like kind of really big boulders and some scrambles and kind of escarpment rocks as opposed to just constantly kicking your toe kind of rocks. Yeah, there's a good mixture of both. Yeah. Yeah. I kicked my toe quite a few times. <laughs> as I was good. saying that, I was like, well, I think Especially on those last three miles down where you think, oh, this is going to be a cinch three miles and you're done and uh, downhill, but it's kind of relentless. Yeah. But it's always fun. Yeah. Um, and the, so... Uh, pretty uh, technical uh, and also quite a bit of uh, climbing. Uh, how much gain uh, over the 54 miles? They say about 15,000. Yep. Close to 15. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of feels like that, especially when you're climbing that last, you're through the devil's path and you get to that last climb after you've crossed the river. And oh, oh God, that thing just seems like it went on forever when I was in the pain cave. Yeah. Um, strangely, last year I had forgotten about it from the previous time. So last year it was kind of a, you know, surprise to me. And then this year it was endless. So, <laughs> um, and you've been around a bit. Uh, well, actually, let's get into that for a bit. And so, with that kind of setting the stage, Aaron, how much did, this was your first Manitou's, correct? Yeah. Yeah. First, first Manitou's, first. Uh... Ultra, uh, not counting breakneck on the east coast. Yep. And what uh, what cued you to Manitou's? Why'd you pick that one out? Stats-wise, distance and ascent and technicality it sort of suited this type of thing that I like to do. I yep. sort of came from a background of fell running rounds and things in the UK and Ireland, and they're all sort of 50 to 70 miles with sort of in around 15k of vert. So and how do you compare box. into what do you think in terms of, did it feel kind of similar in technicality? I mean, I guess the footing is sometimes different, but I don't have enough experience. I went on a couple of fell runs, but they were more like kind of hummocky, some rocks in there, but it wasn't necessarily the same, but it, you having the experience that you have, how do you kind of compare the two? Yeah, it's, it's, it's much less forgiven. 
the trails and you know the devil's pass and things you know if you do have a fall there you, it's probably gonna hurt uh, mm-hmm. whenever you're fell running there's a good chance you're gonna miss a rock you know because just it's wide open we don't have the trees and vegetation uh, in our mountains so it's, it's definitely it's okay you, you can fall roll and keep going that i don't think i could say that about some of the descents <laughs> in uh, the devil's path and then steve can you hear us you got audio yeah i'm good can, can you hear you guys me Eric, can yep. you hear me yeah. all right and good. so awesome. on that topic of uh if you do take a fall you're going to hurt yourself uh, knowing that uh, not only have you set a fkt now uh, over that terrain but went back at it in the context of the race uh, similar to escarpment and some of the others my experience out there at least in escarpment which is just shorter and you're going in a at least a much faster clip uh that to really race and charge hard out there that you really have to put yourself out there in some pretty unsafe uh, situations, I guess, or contexts or whatever. Uh, and so for you charging for times um, and getting under, um, I imagine you just kind of accept that as, as part of the equation there. Honestly, I mean, yes, but I don't really think I think about it as much as maybe people think I do because it's just part of the norm now. Um, And I haven't taken a really bad fall going downhill, so I guess that's part of it. And if or hopefully don't do that, but if that happens, then maybe I'll have some sort of governor in my brain. But for now, I'm just kind of just ripping it and feels great and hopefully continue to keep doing that so yeah so yeah that's good nice uh youthful uh that's not really right but i feel like it's it's calculated it's not like reckless you know it's it's over many many years i've practiced you know moving up to the speed so i wouldn't say i went from zero to 60 even though some people may you know hikers or, or whatnot may think I'm being this absolutely insane runner who's just trying to kill himself, but that's really not true at all. Just like climbers calculate risk, we calculate risk as well with our technical trail running, right? So I, I think um, with I think with age though comes the, the aches and pains, more aches and pains of especially <laughs> going downhill. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I believe that. <laughs> And especially the days after, I don't know about you, Kara, I mean, you keep hammering away too, but oh man, like the recovery time from some of those efforts and just getting out of bed at the morning where like everything hurts. Um, it's a very real equation. Yeah. Um, so let's see, let's go, um, Kara, let's go with you. Um, you were uh, top woman of the day, correct? Yep. Yeah. Somehow, but that's really, you know, we need more women in the field. You do need more than the field. For it was sure. pretty slow this year. Yeah. And this was, I mean, you were, I don't remember, you were like an hour or so off of your best time out there. Yeah. 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 But strangely, I felt really great. Like <laughs> it was hot. I felt, I felt really strong on all the climbs. I felt like I was just motoring along. And somehow a, I, I was like an hour, hour, uh, yeah. Slower. It's amazing that when you just back off a little bit, how much better yeah, how good it feels. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that I've only uh, run it twice in the first year. Went out what I thought was comfortable with Ben and some guy from California. And I thought it was really comfortable until the, the wheels fell off. And then suddenly it wasn't comfortable at all. And actually it felt really, really awful. And it was a long walk uh, home. And then the second time, which was like two years ago, I went out 
much more conservatively, started in the slower wave just so I didn't get wrapped up in anything. And I was actually really enjoying the day after I cleared the devil's path. So just that scaling back just a little bit, particularly out there, just makes such a difference, especially for us old people. Yep. Um, and then, uh, Aaron, for you, you were in the first wave? No, I started in wave three. Cool. Um, and did you uh, kind of working up through the day? What do you think about the staggered format and uh, catching people or being caught? Yeah, I mean, I had no real preference of where, where I started. I didn't even know about wave starts or anything until, you know, close to the race. But um, yeah, I just go out and run it as hard and as fast as I can run it. And uh, it didn't really matter what wave I started in. I started in three, but I ran with one guy along the road and then the rest of the wave was behind me. And I was just sort of passing people through to that before sort of play cove and then mm -hmm. stop seeing people for the rest of the day. I could hear someone coming into an aid station or leaving an aid station. And that was about it. I didn't really see anybody. And I guess that's part of it. The, I mean, I guess you could fall into pods out there, but that's part of it as well, where per permitting, he's got to keep it fairly, fairly small, right? What's the cap? It's like 120 150, or something. I think. 150. 150. Yeah. yeah. And so in the waves, it gets pretty uh, spread out, which they, they need to do, but you can have a, a good amount of alone time out there, which can be kind of cool over some pretty technical stretches with some beautiful views and kind of uh, stop to take that in. Um, and I don't know about you, um, Aaron, if, if you experience, uh, once you do catch up with people uh, out there um, or they catch up with you, if they maybe they seem to come on really hot or hard. And then once they kind of get with you and they're on your shoulder and you start talking to them, they're like, wow, he's got a really hot accent. And I think I'm actually just going to hang here for the rest of the race. Well, I don't know if they thought that. I certainly didn't say it, but uh, the guy is Jason is it Friedman. I can't remember. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Uh, he's the only person that passed me all day. And it was on the, the climb after Palinville. And uh, he couldn't make out my accent. He had just passed me when we were kind of still talking. And he just sort of said, oh, screw this. And he fell back. And we, we basically uh, did that uh, section together, uh, talking about Guinness and, and, and things that we do. You know, so he's a Guinness connoisseur, so we got on well. That's good. Of all the people you could have run into out there, uh, that uh, New Jersey Jay Freeman brings uh, quite a bit of experiences to really dig into. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, we, we, we had a good, we had good, uh, good chat. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then Stephen, how about for you in terms of uh, how the race uh, shook out? This was your first go at management, correct? Correct. Um, yeah. So, so I guess I just had expectations that um, the course record was very feasible for me, um, and What's I had my fingers crossed. I just was, I was going for the course record. I just knew it was possible. I knew my training was going well. What I knew I had. Put that out there. Oh, sorry. Um, ten forty-seven by Andy Vermilia, and yeah. I think Ben Nephew is minutes behind. And same thing with Jan Welford as well. Um, okay. so yeah, I kind of made a, or I made a little split sheet. I laminated it with some tape with all the splits. Um, not all of them, but the main ones like Dutcher's Notch, Escarpment, um, Palinville, Platte Clove, um, Mink Hollow, and then Silver Hollow. So I had numbers to hit all day and I was actually way ahead of pace um, at Dutcher's Notch, which kind of worried me because it felt really good. But as you said, like or this race, as you guys know, you need to go out 
really conservative um, in order to feel good in those later miles. Um, so I, I basically clicked along on pace, ahead of pace, ahead of pace, on pace, and fell behind at the last two aid stations by about six minutes and then 10 minutes. And I knew just it wasn't going to happen. And I was okay with that because I was running strong for the weather. And I know you, everyone knows that that day was absolutely horrible for heat, humidity, stickiness, like no, no clouds in the sky. And my climbing was suffering. It felt, I felt good still, um, I would say, but um, yeah, in previous years, 2018, 2014, the weather was like in the sixties. And I think everyone can run one to three hours faster on that course with, with running weather. So, um, yeah, but yeah. And I mean, it's time of year. I mean, I guess you got to expect that to a certain extent. I think, um, yeah, the weekend before was very nice though. <laughs> I don't know if you guys knew that about in the Catskills, it was like in the sixties with wind on the high peaks. And I was like, of course, this is the week before. <laughs> the race. Kara, I guess with yeah. you having run so many times, you've seen different conditions. I mean, do you think that that uh, for you could have just been the difference uh, in, in time there? Um, well, I was excited to see views this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's right. Sometimes it's just stocked in, right? It's like, yeah. So um, like uh, foggy usually. Um, I think my difference was actually, I was looking through my splits from, you know, years past and comparing them and, um, my biggest, uh, um, you know, the biggest uh, splits where I slowed down were the downhills. So I'm really just, it's its actually more for me, it's the runnable sections. But um, mm -hmm. I really like the hot and the heat and humidity. So. And some of those stretches get kind of long, especially on a hot day. I know the first year that I ran it, whatever the stretch was after you clear my, I think, mile 25, where you get the. 10 mile stretch or whatever that is with a starting with a pretty long climb uh, and then through some of the muck, especially on a uh, muddy or wet year, uh, I think I ran out of water pretty quickly and just felt awful. And I just remember in every creek I, I stopped at, I think I was just in days and kind of put my head in the water and I think I was just drinking from the creeks there or whatever. Um, do, you, do you guys kind of, I mean, Stephen and Carrie, you've both seen it. Um, Aaron, in terms of uh, prepping all of your uh, nutrition uh, and hydration pretty good because some of those stretches get pretty long. Yeah, I mean, I'd wrecked most of the course. I just hadn't seen anything past Mincalo. And um, there's not actually that much water. So I, I sort of just rationed it based on where I knew the aid stations would be, which was better than I was able to get on training runs. You know, because yeah. maybe going out and doing yeah. four or five hours and I just had... Um, three 12 ounce bottles with me on a training run whereas i can consume more than that during the race so um fueling was better <laughs> during the race but maybe at one point I, I took a bit too much and had a bit of a an off hour i would say um, around the 20 mile mark mm -hmm. but that section you were talking about <laughs> it, it was muddy still <laughs> yeah. After that, climb, yeah, that, that was particularly not a nice section to run can't get it i couldn't really get a flow but along that Catter skill. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. And for you just, just cooking Steve and maybe care too, because you're often running for the win there. Are you guys just kind of throwing, I don't know. I feel like in the beginning, I'm there's still that part of my head that's kind of dancing around, not going like right through it or whatever. But I imagine for you both charging you're just like, here comes the muddy stretch and you're just making a straight line and, and not stopping for the mud. 
yeah, just going for it. Didn't lose a shoe, which is the best part about that. And I, I mean, I've danced over those routes many a time, so definitely no stranger to it. So, and especially when that gets humid in there. Speaking of, uh, um, you just mentioned shoe. Um, I think I just uh, heard that there. Uh, where especially mm -hmm. when the, it gets on a humid day out there, you get that really te uh, technical terrain. You get some steep uh, uh, drops and rocks. Uh, what do you all have on your feet, Steve? I saw you had the VJ um, uh, Ultras on. Ultra 2, they came out with this second model, which is much better than the first because the first didn't have a rock plate and the rubber on the bottom was like falling apart very soon into miles with that first shoe. But I would say that shoe is amazing for that course. Mm -hmm. So Aaron care. What'd you, what'd you have on those dogs? I had uh, Sportiva's Helios. Uh-huh. Which rubber also pretty good. So fairly sticky in there. Yeah. If they weren't, you know, well-worn. Uh, yeah. uh -huh. <laughs> and Aaron, your uh, tool of choice. Uh, La Sportiva mutant. Uh -huh. mm. I sort of go Considered it. for something mountainous, 100K, that type of thing. Rock solid, comfortable all day. Tightened it up, didn't go near it. Nice. Um, so how about some uh, takeaways on the event? Uh, if you're going to plug it, uh, try to get other people to run it, or just anything that would be fun to talk about uh, on Manitou's. Um, let's start with you, Stephen. Um, well, if you're looking for a course on the Northeast that's going to break you, or potentially make you DNF, this is definitely it. <laughs> so, and well, it, if you want technical, right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want something that's going to be top tier, like world class north north east effort, this this is it. You know, um, you have to be very fit. You have to be mentally tough. You need a lot of vert on your legs ascent and descent um and yeah you need to know how to eat calories whether that's drinking them like ben nephew all day or putting pb and j's in your mouth with whatever other nutrition you you enjoy so <laughs> yeah i can't believe ben used coke all day it's crazy <laughs> what he does two bottles on a hip and some of the uh, it is what he does. or whatever you got yeah uh, uh, yeah and then, Kara, how about for you? And particularly to your earlier point, how do we get more women in that field? Yeah, I don't know. I, maybe we shouldn't scare them off. <laughs> it's a really, <laughs> I mean, it's, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's a beautiful, a beautiful course. It's really challenging. And I think that that should be um, attractive to more people. Um, yeah. The aid stations, I have to just plug the aid stations because the aid station volunteers are amazing in this, in this race. Um, but yeah, it would be great to see more women out there. And particularly in to the point of the aid station uh, volunteers, whether it be, uh, well, I think all three, uh, I don't remember as much on Cat's Tail, but uh, with Manitou's and Escarpment, kind of the, the other uh, ones there to the volunteers, it's not the easiest uh, area to always supply. So, I mean, yeah. they need hands. Uh, you got to hump up quite a bit and it's quite a commitment. So uh, kudos to them and for anybody um, you know, looking to, to pitch in, that would be a solid uh, Northeast race to support. Um, and then Aaron, um, how about for you? But um, was it one you'll go back to being your first time through? Uh, yeah, I think it's the type of race that, you know, it's not too long. You could jump into it uh, every year um, as part of a, a, you know, a 
as kind of a B race or something like that. Uh, it's a great course. The aid station things and things were were amazing, and and as you say, these guys have hiked um, buckets of ice and things up to uh, the middle of the mountains for us, which is which is amazing. So they really um, made it a good a good day as well. Yeah, yeah. It's a top top event, but it's it's low key. Uh, and it has that kind of community feel that we all kind of talk about liking with trail running. Uh, mm -hmm. Matthew has that. Uh, cool. And then how about uh, what you guys got coming up, uh, Aaron? What uh, what else you got on deck? I haven't booked a, a goal race for the rest of the year, but I am down for a Scarpment at the end of July. Nice. And then I'm off to uh, Chamonix for UTMB, but uh, I'm not racing this year. Crewing or just spectating? Um, I don't know yet. Yeah, just go there and and uh, it'll be the first time out of maybe six trips that I haven't been running. So it'd be nice just to be there and actually be able to go out and run on the trails and yeah, and out and about in the course better. Seems there's so many people out there. It seems like there'd be you'd probably be pretty invaluable to some people out there with your level of experience uh, out there to to plug in. I imagine this this uh late in the game that most people have crews but man there's got to be a uh, quite the need for your your headset yeah 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 a few people will have been upset a few things so we'll see what happens yeah care what you got on deck um nothing i've been Good. very <laughs> which is nice too very indecisive nice. this year just uh -huh. um trying to figure out what i feel like doing i really want to get back up to the white mountains i haven't been up there in a couple of years so I think I've got some some adventures planned up there, and Virgil Crest is calling my name. I think, um, so we'll see. I don't know. It's nice to be in that spot too, and uh, get back up to uh, New Hampshire. Just do stuff on your own or an event. Stuff on my own, although yeah. Kilkenny Ridge is looks interesting too. You haven't done that yet. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to hear. I mean, I'm sure there are people that have done both. I just I don't remember if I did that in some of my my uh, stat work, but uh, for those that have run both Kilkenny and Manitou's, um, both two of the toughest, I think if I remember, I had to put Manitou's one and Kilkenny second, um, uh, both pretty uh, rugged. I think if I remember right, Manitou's more views, Kilkenny a little bit more tucked into the woods, uh, but both just pretty uh, burly. Well, it'll be cool to see what you think or how it goes yeah. if you do it. Um, Steven, what you got on deck? Uh, I have escarpment at the end of the month, and I actually signed up for Kismet Cliff, which is a New Hampshire race, uh, yeah. 25K. Um, so I heard really good things about it from my buddy Ian Schultes last year and Josh Reed. So uh, just my kind of style of running steep ascent, ridgeline descent, um, and really love that distance. Uh, probably going to stick more to that for the rest of the season just because uh, ultra just is a lot. It's a lot mm -hmm. to train for, and it just takes a lot of energy out of you, and recovering is a bit of a process. So, Yeah, so, yeah. and that one is for sure on my bucket list uh, as well. I was in the, supposed to be in the mix last year, but then I decided to start coaching, and we had a race, but that's still on my bucket list. It looks like just a beautiful event, and it would be good to get up to do one mm -hmm. of uh, 603 and Tom Hooper's races. Yeah, agreed. Cool. Right on. Uh, well, great job to all of you. Uh, thanks for your patience to work out some of the hey, tech issues. It's always there, sorry yeah, to There's a question from Michelle about oh, the turnaround. Yeah. So I just want to answer her that it's no problem. You actually get to see, yeah, you get to see the escarpment 
on Manitou, so you know what what you're in for for escarpment. And for both of you, seen that, um, and you know Michelle, quite a bit of experience out there as well. Well, am I remembering Michelle? You've got the uh, Devil's Path FKT. Am I remembering that? Um, I think so. She might I think she ahead. does. Yeah. yeah. Um, sure. and is uh, tough, so no doubt would uh, hammer it. Uh, and coached by Dick Vincent, if I remember right as well. So all kinds of inroads and connections here. Um, but cool, thanks for catching that, uh, Care. Um, right on. Uh, cool. Well, thanks all for taking a bit of time, um, and thanks for bearing with me. I'm still a little uh, brain fried from a couple months here and with Whiteface uh, on deck. Uh, after I get off the episode, I'll bring Cole here a second, but then I'll go back to uh, doing some laying some stuff out for Saturday. Uh, so I will talk to you all soon. Uh, thanks again for your time and nice work again uh, this weekend. Thank you. Yeah, have thanks. a good weekend. All right, see ya. Ciao. There's my sweet face, Cole. Hey, buddy. What's going on? So I don't think that I was... Um, I'm not that I am catching what everybody's doing out there, but uh, I don't think I knew you were in the gunstock lineup, let alone we're about to hammer gunstock. Um, so for, is this one that you've been thinking about for a while or for viewers not familiar with gunstock set the stage for, uh, what gunstock's all about? Yeah. Um, it was, uh, maybe like a couple weeks after Coco Dono that I kind of decided that I was going to go for something like this. Um, just wanted to see how, you know, how my recovery was going and test myself. And, um, it was overall a pretty cool event, like, um, very Virgil Crest esque, um, a lot of kind of similarities in terms of, um, to the course and also kind of the staging and stuff. It's, it's, um, up in the lakes region in New Hampshire. So by Lake Winnipesaukee and it's hosted at the Gunstock ski resort, which is a very small little resort. Um, you know, again, somewhat similar to Greek Peak, but doesn't have like a huge lodge like what Greek Peak has. Um, and so they had like a two, it's a like a two day event. They had like a, like your Anacross, I think is what it was called. They had like a, like a mountain summit race, uh, a kids race um, on Saturday. And then um, Sunday was the um, Nordic ski loop. And then they had a 80K, a 50K, 30K, 10K. And I think that was it. So everyone was all on the same, same course there. Um, so I did the Sunday edition, drove up kind of early on Saturday and just hung out with my uh, Foster beer, Australian beer and some pizza. And just, uh, you know, they allowed us to kind of sleep in the parking lot. So I car camped, which was a lot of fun. And um, like what everyone's been saying, this last week was just really freaking hot and really, really humid. And so, um, yeah, that kind of, you know, was a really good challenge, uh, especially, you know, as you know, Ian, with me running kind of trails, I've normally wilted like a dead flower. So for me to um, really not be affected by the conditions was a big confidence booster for me. So, And I, I sometimes when a, a, a flower uh, wilts in the heat, it still kind of looks green. In my experience, you take on a much whiter, kind of a paler uh, wilt. But yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so with Pineland or uh, Gunstock, this was, was this formerly Pineland Farms? Do you remember? Yeah, you're like, right. It was. Um, and they just moved it to that, that location. So, um, the border. and they used yeah. to have like 
1,300 people are like, I remember, I think Pineland Farms was one of the biggest in our region in terms of overall numbers. Is it Was this one, has it grown equally or is it still a pretty big event? Um, I felt like it was probably, it was, there was a lot more people on Saturday because uh, it was hard to find a parking spot. Um, I don't think it was 1,300 people. It was maybe, they probably had maybe, uh, let's say half that at least. Okay. Maybe a little bit more. Um, I mean, but it was way more heavy on Saturday and then Sunday, you know, there was people, but there, it wasn't as, it was maybe like half as packed as it was the day before. Okay. And how about a uh, course for it? Were you doing loops or, I mean, I've been with Virgil, you already mentioned yeah. it's got. Yeah. So it's, your, uh, ten, yeah, it's like 10 K loops. Um, it goes through like a Nordic section. Um, there's the, the climbs are pretty steep. They're like short and steep, but the footing is pretty, um, you know, pretty, pretty runnable, honestly. Like there were some rocks. The most technical part was actually a wood chip section um, going downhill. And the wood chips were all like mangled and like all jacked up and stuff. So you would think you could go fast, but if you, you know, stepped in too much of a, like a recess, like you could easily twist an ankle. Um, so, you know, you, you had to be careful, but it was, it's a fast course. It reminds me, you know, like I kind of ran it the way I would run like a, a slightly more technical Tussie mountain back pretty much. Mm -hmm. And then how much uh, gain per, per loop or what was your total for the 80 K? Um, I think it was maybe like mid, mid five thousands, like close to 6,000 mm -hmm. feet of overall gain. Um, nice. I don't know what that is a loop, like 600 feet a loop or something like that. Maybe. Yeah. That's nice. So it's definitely there. It mixes it up, but it's not just crushing you in terms of uh, gain. And so your wind time was I, what, sevens? What? Yeah, I did 704. So I, I positive split pretty heavily. Like I, I ran when it was like, it was cooler. Right. So I, um, went out my normal kind of pace and I really didn't look at my watch a whole lot. I kind of just honestly ran by effort. Um, cause this was just really a test to see, you know, what I could do on the day and not really caring about time so much. Um, so I went through the first 25 miles and like just over the hours, like 302, I think it was around the time. And I'm like, all right, I'm moving good. And, um, at, after that point by like the 50 K mark or so, it was just so, it was already like in the mid eighties, it was disgusting. And, um, I was on that, that teetering point of overheating a little bit. Um, and so of course I have my Harry Potter towel. Um, so I whipped that out. It's a, a ice towel, cooling towel, and just every aid station, just stop for a couple minutes, just don't pour cold water on myself. Um, and that worked out great. So I, I never, uh, I was able to run a decent effort, uh, without over, you know, redlining. Um, I had to slow down a lot. So, I mean, I slowed my second, half was like a four hour time. Um, but that was the kind of effort that you had to give out there. Honestly, it's similar to like Western States. If you shoot your shot too early, like you're screwed, you know? So same kind of thing. But you were flying. I mean, yeah, maybe there's a big drop off between three hours and four hours. But I mean, that's a fast day. I mean, it's not like it's a flat course with, you know, all pavement or whatever. I mean, 704 is a flying 80K time. Yeah, thank you. No, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think, um, I don't know, whatever I'm doing is things are panning out really well. Um, I mean, I felt really strong the whole time. Um, obviously, the conditions sucked. Like, it, it challenges you mentally. But, um, I mean, I, it didn't really fix me. I mean, uh, yeah, as long as I was pouring water on myself, 
I was I was doing fine. That's great. And it's a must have got at least somewhat of a mental monkey off your back, knowing that that's been a uh, tough thing for you in the past. That yes, it was still hot, but you kind of worked through it and you did all right. Yeah, I mean, I think learning from you know running an experience like Cocodona, I feel like it's like if I'm running a 50 mile race, like it does, it just does not compare. Right. So, um, that helps me, I think from a mental standpoint, knowing like, you know, if you're, you know, I'm out there for, you know, almost four days running in the desert of Arizona versus doing running seven hours around a ski hill in New Hampshire. I mean, you know, so I, I use that as a little feather in my cap, I think. And, yeah, uh, yeah, that's huge. I mean, it's got to reset your reset your bar, your central governor there in terms of both distance and heat. And, you know, to see how long that lasts, whether your bar is just reset now or whether that's kind of a, uh, a temporary uh, mark or whatever. But I don't know, it would seem like clearly it made a difference. Yeah. You know, I think I'm I'm thinking it's taking me and seeing me all this time to kind of come into my own. And I think I've, I've started to the pieces are falling into place. So, um, yeah, I'm you know, I'm excited for you know, my next future challenges or you know, the next things that I, I go about. Um, but yeah, all in all, like it was a great event. Um, you know, they have great, great food, great beer tent stuff. And um, I mean, it was just, it was, it was well done. It was just fun. So that's great. Um, awesome. And then uh, what do you got coming up? What, what's your um, season still? I'm doing the, I'm doing this, that Seven Eleven Slurpee run in Connecticut. <laughs> nice. I've been uh, telling yeah. J-Mac, I don't know if I should bring carbon shoes or not. Um, so uh, I'm doing that, doing that with the crew. And then um, it's really just going to be training to build up a lot of strength for the snowshoe championship. So that's end of August, going out to Argentina. So we're working on the logistics for that trip right now. And uh, I'm just, you know, the race is like at 9,000 feet. So I'm just going to try and get as, as mountain fit as I can. Um, you know, like this last week I was up in New Hampshire, so I was doing some White Mountain kind of stuff a little bit. And, uh, you know, hopefully I can put a, put a good showing in the in the world stage out there in Argentina. So it's kind of my schedule so to, right now. So to Aaron's uh, question here, did you have any injuries to rehab after Cocodona? And and that segue into, I mean, that's a big change. I mean, going from like Cocodona to focusing on the World Snowshoe uh, Championships uh, in one year, months later, I mean, yeah, can you talk about how your body uh, handled post-Cocodone? I mean, clearly the long term would be that, yeah, I mean, your fitness and mental fitness is pretty solid at the moment, but that's quite the turnaround. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think I've I've stolen a little bit of the Michael Wardian kind of card. I mean, I think especially in the last you mean, three years. You mean running out there with like three hip fre- pelvic hip or uh, No, 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 not that side of it. One in your femur and one in your foot? Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. No, not that side of it more, but I I've been able to just recover way faster than I ever have. Um, I mean, honestly, uh, I could have been able to just run a normal seven minute mile, like a week after Cocodone if I wanted to, um, my, to answer Aaron's question, my feet were just totally destroyed and like they were one whole blister. So, uh, it took me a while to get my feet back in shape. Um, but in terms of overall fitness, I just rode the fitness that I had from Cocodona into this, this race. I only had like two weeks of, of actual, like 70 mile week training. Um, but you know, I see myself as being this kind of runner of extremes to an extent. I think I can juggle both the hot and cold pretty well. Um, there's, again, there's mental similarities between 
both both of those extremes. And I think that's that's my true calling yeah. as an athlete. So um, am I going to run in the jungles? I don't know. I'm not I, honestly doing that race. The conditions were not really appealing to me, but uh, definitely I like the sh- extremes and, um, you know, uh, having a hot tub at our house, I'll, I'll plug it all day long because um, doing be able to go in for 15 minutes like every other day, like that speeds up my recovery process um, big time. So I think that's been a little a little secret, um, you know, kind of training element that I've used. That's it's it's worked out great. So, um, yeah. Right on. And um, your feet uh, and not just your feet, but your lips. Right. I mean, your lips look. Oh, like yeah, I know. Open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were, um, they were, they were really bad. I mean, um, it, I mean, you know, again, the whole 200 mile distance is, is crazy as we know and what your body goes through, I have no idea, but like you do, you don't feel like you're, you feel like you're like a shell of yourself, um, for like two weeks usually, uh, be more, but I, I approach it as, you know, the whole month you need to take time to just kind of like, if you feel like you want to run, you can a little bit, but you're not really training. You're just kind of like going outside mm-hmm. um you know there's there's things that we don't know scientifically that we're putting our bodies through so you know i just want to kind of take a nice refresh and um I, again i recovered really fast from it i don't know exactly why but you know i was just doing the important things to take care of yourself drink plenty of water sleep that kind of stuff and you know here i'm here i am crushing this gunstock race and hopefully some other, other adventures. So what, what was your volume going into Cocodona and how you, how's it going to um, move into the shorter focus? Um, I mean, I didn't really do anything crazy. I had like two weeks Again, I'm a, I'm a semi low mileage kind of athlete. I mean, define, I was defined semi low mileage, like ni- my peaks were like two, like 90 mile weeks back to back. And that's kind of, um, I just, I focus a lot on running economy. I just got really, really fit. So like I could run any pace. Like if you said run 10, 10 minute mile pace, like I was running like the best looking 10 minute mile pace you could ever think of. Right. And so a lot of it is just being able to have that, like train your mind a lot. I do a lot of just running without even looking at my watch. I mean, honestly, most of my training is that. And then I kind of look at the results afterwards and say, huh, interesting. Like, um, and it just, you know, I guess saying going with the flow, it can, you know, I kind of think of it like how, how a canyon would train. They just go out there and run, right? So, like, I do a lot of that and um, push myself enough without overdoing it. Um, and that's, you know, in terms of my lifetime miles, I mean, I train 70, 80 miles a week. And I've been doing that for a long time, you know, whatever, 15 years. And um, it's allowed me to be, I think, at this point durable, but also, you know, I haven't really had to deal with huge injuries or anything that I had some stupid things that that's happened. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, after, you know, gunstock, I had a hundred mile, 107 miles of training, um, factoring that race. I didn't taper or anything for it. I just kind of rolled it. So, and I'm back to running pretty normal. So, um, I feel like, you know, I can take in, take in more volume. I probably will at some points just to see kind of how I respond, but I'm kind of happy doing what I've been doing. Cool. Well, I'm glad you're in a good place and it's awesome to see you uh, in the extremes to, 
uh, to gut out the Cocodona and confront some of your own uh, demons, as well as flip back to a really phenomenal time on a, uh, not even necessarily gently, but a rolling course. So that's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's a, it's right a great on, course. I think more people, I think people should definitely look to do it. It's, uh, I think it asks like, I mean, I think you could run, if the weather was better, I probably could have ran an hour faster. Um, and that's like, that's pushing it. Um, you say an hour faster? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I felt like running, you know, similar to the Tussie mountain back time, running like a 620 was very feasible for that course. Um, so it's, it's one of those hills are they're short and steep. So if you can just kind of like motor up them, you hit a flat plateau and then you have a nice downhill so you can literally make up them. Um, and things can kind of average out, but it's, a uh, it, it's a good one. It's one of those that, like the by a thousand paper cuts kind of, uh, kind of deal. So if you, if you're not careful, you can, you know, bite yourself pretty bad. Yeah. So right on. Yeah. I'm yep. glad you didn't bite yourself really bad. And so nice no. work. Thank you. All right, dude. Um, well, thanks for logging on here for a bit tonight and hopefully I'll uh, talk to you more soon. Sounds great, Ian. All right. Bye everybody. All right. Thanks everybody for tuning in for this round of Trails Collective Live. Again, bearing with me for some of the technical issues at the uh, front end there. Uh, again, Whiteface uh, Mountain Races is on deck on my plate here in, uh, well, on Saturday. Um, so follow along. We'll have hopefully another live uh, Trails Collective episode with a, an elite uh, mountain running panel. Hopefully the tech works uh, here tomorrow evening at 530. And then we'll be trying to uh, get you some live coverage of the U.S. Mountain Running Championship, which is Whiteface on Saturday. Um, we're going to hopefully have a couple. Uh, we're going to have hopefully one person on the ATV uh, at the lower part of the mountain, and we'll have two speedsters on foot in the upper part of the mountain and trying to bring you some updates there. So hopefully it all seems together, and it'll be a fun thing to watch. If you're within, within drive range, for sure come join us. It should be a fun weekend. Uh, there is the race. There's also kind of a gathering or a party at a park on uh, Saturday night. And we'll have some group runs on Sunday. So really it was our intent to just create a fun weekend out of it. So even if it's last minute, feel free to come join us. Uh, thanks to all those who are supporting the Trails Collective in liking the videos, sharing the videos, uh, giving me uh, feedback, giving me uh, feed forward in terms of events, uh, sharing your own voices, uh, asking for your events to be shared. And thank you to all those who are taking the extra step just to chip in a couple bucks a month as a Patreon supporter. And just really more than anything, just shows us that uh, y'all value what we're trying to do. Um, so next week, again, uh, we will bring you the Western States episode. Sorry, we had to push that back uh, this week, uh, but hopefully it's actually going to be deeper and uh, even better next week. We'll bring you some voices from uh, here, Western States. Uh, I'll try to find another couple events that we're running to give voice to, and then also maybe uh, bring you a couple of the top voices from uh, Mount Marathon in Alaska, just because they were both uh, people I was connecting with this past week or so. All right. So thanks for tuning in this episode or this round, and I will catch you sometimes next week. All right. Thanks so much, all. See you.